0: That walls down, you know, I just want to encourage you to just take that fear and give it to God and let Him give you, you know, an exchange of trust instead, you know, just to, to, in whatever way you can, you know, take a step in a direction, and sometimes that's really hard to do, so just do whatever <coughs> you can do, but at the same time, know that God is so trustworthy and He's gentle and everything, too, so going to be really good, and um, we're really excited to have Bill and Marilee start off tonight. Um, we're, they're going to be doing kind of an overview of healing, and then Seth is and, and potentially I am going to talk about the forgiveness portion and unpacking your healing toolkit. So, just want to invite the members to come in and uh, let's go ahead and get started. <laughs> anybody need
1: I want a pen. Hi, everybody. I'm so excited. Like each of your faces is making me so happy. Okay, are you going to start?
2: So, I just feel the presence of the Lord here with us tonight really strong, and it makes me really happy. And um, God just brought to mind the verse where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's freedom. And um, that's really good. And um, what Sarah said was also really good about there being like more than you might expect in this life group. I'm feeling that too. And I'm feeling it because um, we've had a difficult time getting here, Marilee and I. We were preparing for this, and um, got in a huge fight over it. And um, yeah, last night. And so um, I, merely said this, and I believe she's right that it's just, um, you know, it's an attempt from our enemy to keep us from getting what God has. And I think that's a sign that He has something bigger than normal. And I think that's really good. And um, it's great. We're going to talk about God revealing his character a little more as we go. And um, one great thing about me and Maryly getting in a huge fight preparing for this is um, it's not the kind of thing you would get up here and say. It is like a bad thing. And God turns bad things to good. He works together for the good of those who love him. And um, I just feel like that was, I don't know, that reveals his character to me in a great way. I'm sorry. <laughs> emotional will
1: manifest and you know some people like you know he'd <laughs> so um yeah, me too.
2: I think it's a I think what we went through last night is a picture of what you're gonna experience as you seek out healing and restoration and as God draws you into it you're gonna find barriers in the way and things come against you and you won't understand them you won't know why and it'll be frustrating and difficult, but then you'll find that the very thing that was frustrating and difficult turns into the thing God uses for breakthrough. I think it's the way he works. Um, He comes to rescue, so he loves to be the hero and win our hearts that way, and um, a hero is at his best when things are the worst. So I'm excited about that. I may look sad, but I'm excited about that. (laughs) So um, we're also going to talk a little bit later about um, what it takes and what it looks like, Uh, what it takes, what it requires of you um, to go through the process of being healed and restored and what it looks like. But um, I think, again, what we went through is a good picture um, of what it takes because It takes humility and being willing to admit you're wrong. I was very opinionated about what order we were going to do things in. And as soon as we started worshiping, I looked down at the. we had each written numbers. I'd written my numbers of what order we were going to go in. And then we got in a fight. We didn't finish. And I went to work today and Marilee thought about it and what she was going to say. And she wrote numbers next to them. And then even just sitting here before, I scribbled out Merrily's numbers. I had won the argument. (laughs) And um, as soon as we start worshiping, I'm like, no, we need to say that first. And I look, it's what Merrily wrote number one next to, and I wrote number three next to. So God is using me as an example to you that you need to be willing to admit when you're wrong. And I was wrong. So forgive me for being difficult yes, okay honey. good um, so I have a verse I want to share with you and I feel like each part of the verse is gonna be really cool um, and mely has an analogy let's start with those that's what you were gonna put here too right I'll start with my thing and then you do that okay we're just rolling with this flow with us and hopefully with God's Spirit. So I'm going to read you a verse and then I have some thoughts on it and a commentary that I looked up that had some really good things to say about it too. Excuse my sniffle. I'll try to not do it in the microphone. I don't really know what to do with it. I could I could honk. Uh, oh. yeah. That's how I blow. <laughs>
1: and then he blows so hard then he gets the tissue flakes on himself.
2: This is just just all about Bill tonight, isn't it? Oh, please no. Let's let it be about God instead. Um, All right, Isaiah 61, starting in verse 1. It's familiar, but we're going to break it down. Break it down for me one time. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me A planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. Um, That's a great verse, and you find it referenced to when Jesus was starting out his ministry, and it was kind of his mission statement as well. And I want to look at it a little bit in that light, Um, starting up with, He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. And I've always skipped over that, because bind, I think of bound up in chains. And that is not it. That is not it in this case. Let me me refer to somebody smarter than me, Matthew Henry. In case you were wondering, you can find his commentary online. It's really cool. Old language, but if you can wade through it, it's really cool. So, bind up the brokenhearted. He was sent to be a healer. He was sent to bind up the brokenhearted as pained limbs are rolled to give them ease, as broken bones and bleeding wounds are bound up, that they may knit and close again. So it's not really, a, it's not the chains at all. It's the opposite. It's it's the idea of, um, what are those, ace bandages? You know, when you get hurt. I don't even know what kind of in- injury those go for, but you wrap it around, yeah, like a sprain. You kind of like close it up and you protect it while healing takes place and then, Better, right? So that's a good thing, not a bad thing. Um, yeah, um, and that's God's heart toward us. I think when He sees a broken heart, and maybe I'll throw this in here now, um, when you hear words like "broken hearted," you might be like, "Well, I'm doing pretty good, actually," you know, and write it off. But wait, <laughs> our hearts. Um, I don't want to get too detailed, I guess, but our hearts are meant to be one and, and in unity with God's spirit and in intimacy and closeness with God's spirit and one. But the way our hearts are in the reality of the world we live in, they're fragmented and there are different pieces of your heart. And part of your heart, although you may, be, you may have walked in really happy, I mean, the weather is beautiful, you know, I mean, I get out of work on a day like today and I feel really good. But even in that moment, there's a, there might be a part of my heart that is brokenhearted. So when you hear words like that, don't write it off. You know what I mean? Um, and we'll get to more of that later, maybe. So um, do you want to go here now or do you want me to finish my bit? Let me finish finish my bit and then hand to you. Okay, so the next one, bind up the brokenhearted. Freedom for the captives, right? So think again about areas of your heart. You, You may not feel like a captive, but some area of your heart will find, you know, as we learn to identify areas that need healing and restoration, are held captive by certain things. And God's heart toward that part of you is... Freedom he wants to bring freedom to you. Um I think that's great. Um, release from darkness for the prisoners. And again, darkness is a word that I'm like, well, I don't live in darkness. I'm saved, you know. I, you know, I've I feel God's presence right now. I don't live in darkness. And yet, <laughs> I'm going to interject here a testimony I recently had a healing and restoration appointment for me and um You know, we were dealing with, um, my dad died when I was about seven or eight years old, and we were dealing with that. And so I was kind of like thinking back to that memory and like kind of getting in touch with where I was at and that part of my heart that was still hurting from that time of my life. And the picture I saw of me, it was just kind of like blank. I remember that too, when you come up against um, you're working toward a healing and restoration and you just come up blank. That doesn't mean nothing. That doesn't mean God isn't speaking to you. It's a sign that there's something going on. (laughs) You know what I mean? All the more to focus on the area, not give up and move on because God's not speaking. He, he's always speaking, but if you feel blank, you're not able to hear why, you know, go to the next, you know, go find out why, seek out why until you get the answer. Um, So anyways, I was kind of blanking out, and then I got a picture of me just like... I didn't even get a picture, actually. That's not even fair to say. It was just like nothing, dark. And um, the person who was working with me was like, okay, you know, and like as we started to work on it, I was like, okay, yeah, now I'm seeing I'm in the darkness. I can't see anything because it's so dark. And as we worked through the healing and restoration process... I saw Jesus come to me and it was like I was in a closet and it was so dark you couldn't see anything. All of a sudden there was a crack in the door and he had opened the door a little bit and there was light shining in. All of a sudden I can see a little bit. The picture's a little clearer. I realize, yeah, there there I am. I can kind of see my body sitting in the dark and whatever. I'm going into too much detail, but um you know, in the end of the story, um, Jesus opened the door all the way for me and reached out his hand and pulled me up, you know, like I was we have a walk-in closet that Mary has her clothes in in our house. Um, and it was like I was sitting there and he'd open the door and he just lift, pulled me right up out until I was standing in the room, not in the closet, in the full light. And I was like, it was just amazing. It was really good. And that—that that is God's heart. When there's a part of your heart that is in the darkness and you don't even know it. That's the weird thing. I didn't even know it. You know what I mean? I thought I was, I've I've prayed through my dad's stuff before i have you know i've forgiven him i've forgiven god i've forgiven my mom for whatever he came up and you know everything i've done it all but i never gotten in touch with that part of my heart that was still in the darkness and god's heart toward that is exactly what it was open it up give light and give you you know he didn't like throw open the door and like blast me with light and say, come on, walk out, you know what I mean? It was like my foot keeps going like this. I apologize if it's throwing you off. It's throwing me off a little. Um I'll just I'll hook him in. I'm locked in for the long haul. Um you know, his his heart is to release you from the darkness, but he does it in such a cool way, you know what I mean? He cracked the door. I saw, I got used to that little bit of light, you know. It wasn't like blinding. It was like, oh, there's light. Ooh, I like that, you know. And then it was open wider. And then he reached out his hand. And then I didn't stand up. He, he pulled me right up into the light. And it was like, that's amazing. That's his heart toward us. And that's what this verse is telling me. He wants to bind up the broken hearted. He wants to take the part of your heart that's broken, and protect it and heal it up. He wants to take the part of you that's still stuck in the darkness and help you up, you know. So I'm doing too much on this, but it's really good. Um, So a couple other things I wanted to say about it. Um, To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. This is really interesting. I've always kind of written this part of it off too. Um, But I think in a different um, translation than what I have, it says, declare the acceptable year of the Lord. And... God showed me that in our context as being acceptance, the acceptance of the Lord. This is the time of the acceptance of God. And again, there can be parts of your heart that are rejected. You may not feel rejected. You may feel, I've got a lot of friends. This church family's awesome. I feel so welcome and great here. Good job, Fusion. Um, shout out to my peeps. Oh. Not, I, I didn't mean it as an arrogant way, but it came... um sorry i digress no it's the it's the time of the acceptance of our god you know the parts of your heart that have been rejected and felt rejected and to this day you section them off so you don't feel it on a regular basis it's fragmented from the main you but it's there and it feels rejected and god's declaring acceptance over that and that is great um, that he accepts you um, and loves you. Um, and then vengeance of our God. I'm always like, oh, there's another down and out verse. God's vengeful, you know, like <laughs> ungodly belief, ungodly belief. We'll learn about those. Um, <laughs> oh, boy, it's fun to be the print of the joke when God heals you up. Um... The vengeance of our God. Matthew Henry's had something really cool to say about that that just made me think, oh, that's cool. Because it was cool. Did I say cool? Let me find it. Oh, yes. So, ch- 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 yeah, he proclaims the day of vengeance of our God. The vengeance he takes is on sin and Satan, death and hell, and all the powers of darkness that were to be destroyed in order to our deliverances. Get by the old language. He came to proclaim vengeance of the Lord, not toward us, but toward sin and Satan over death and hell and all the powers of darkness. They were destroyed to make way for our deliverance. Christ triumphed over these in the cross He spoiled and weakened them, shamed them, and made a show of them openly. And it's another thing we'll get to, and we'll we'll unpack these more and more as we go. But um, parts of our hearts can feel like we were shamed and, sorry, made a show of openly, and God turns it on on its head, you know. He did that to the thing that's making you feel that way. You know what I mean? You don't have to feel that way. He did it to the thing that makes you feel that way. And he makes the way out for you. He accepts you. You get the good part. <laughs> and the, you know, the things that... Not necessarily the, the person who made you feel that way, because there's a, there's a way out for them too. But there's a thing. It wasn't just the person. There's There's a person who hurt you. There's you. And then in between, there's the sin. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's the spoiled creation. God didn't mean for it to be that way. It's been spoiled. And, and um, that's what he has vengeance towards. That's what he hates is the thing that keeps you from other people and it keeps you from him and from being who you're really meant to be. Um, I'm going to hand it to Marilee.
1: All right, so what we've we've kind of broke it down into some questions to kind of give some focus to our little teaching here. So the question that we're answering right now is does God want this for me? Does
2: God want healing and restoration?
1: Yeah, does God want healing and restoration for me? And the answer is yes. Yes. He created you with great potential and he wants to see it in action. And um we have to be healed up. Um where we need healing in order to be able to do that. And um, I mean, we've kind of already been touching on this, but um, you know, the people around us in the world that we live in is sinful. And you know, our parents, their parents, you know, their parents weren't perfect. And as they were raising them did things to hurt them. And it's just this Thing that happens because of the world we live in and people make mistakes. And so that affects us, and it feels so awful because we were never meant to be treated that way. We were never meant to have to experience those, you know, those hurtful things and those um, sins against us. And um, <clears throat> so it produces, when these things happen to us, it can produce bad fruit In our life, from the wounds, Um, the bad fruit could be anger, fear, guilt, shame, um, anxiety, um, feeling like I don't need help from anyone, or um, just an inability to trust. And he wants freedom for you, freedom for you to be happy and carefree and at peace and able to be intimate with him and at rest, and um, able to love, and able to trust, to be the real you. And um, I really, like when I was first learning about healing and restoration, there was this analogy, I think Stephanie might have told it to me, and I've kind of built on it and thought about it over the years, and I'll share it with you because I love it. And it's like, let's say something happens to you when you're little, and that's like a bullet in your arm you know someone hurts you whether they mean to or not they they might not even know they hurt you but anyway so you have this bullet in your arm and you're um oftentimes just walking around living your life with this with this wound with this bullet in your arm and you know we put a shirt on and kind of like cover it so people can't see it but you know if he has a bullet in his arm right here, and I bump that spot, he's going to be like, ah, you know. But if I bump down here, he's going to be like, oh, someone touched my arm. And so that's how it is when we have a wound, when something kind of bumps it in a way, you feel some emotion. You either overreact or you maybe feel, you know, maybe depressed, or you just have an, an intense emotion more than just, oh, somebody bumped my arm. And so, isn't that good? And then, so, you know, so a lot of times what we do, I mean, if it happens, especially when we're little, we don't even, we're not even aware being so young that, you know, we don't know how to process it. So we've got our shirt on, it's covered, and we just kind of try to ignore it or just get used to living. This is, you know, maybe you take it on as your identity. This is who I am. You know, this happened to me. This is part of me now. And you just walk around with a sore arm and, just figuring out how to cope around not really being able to use your arm all the way. And and so what Jesus wants to do is um, he's encouraging us to roll up our sleeve and show him our, our bullet and our hole in our wound. And that's our part because he is so, like Bill was talking about, he's very, you know, gracious and loving and gentle and a gentleman. And we have to say, you're welcome. You know, he's not just going to barrel through and do that if that's not what we're wanting and ready for. So we roll up our sleeve and say, Jesus, here it is, you know, and he so lovingly pulls out that bullet, which is, you know, the lie or whatever was planted in you, and pulls that out and pours in his love and his truth and his perspective on who you are and how he sees you. And um, and that's just the healing, you know. And then you're whole and, it, you know, it's maybe sore and it's getting more and more healed. And eventually that part's bumped and it's like, oh, I just got bumped instead of like, ah, you know. So I like that little analogy. So that's so back. One thing to add to it,
2: say I'm still back with the wound on my arm and you learn to live with it, you get used, Merrily said this, and you get used to maybe not full range of motion or whatever, and so you just work within what you've got available, right? You also will eventually won't even realize you're doing it, but you've learned ways to protect it. You know what I mean? So if it's on this side, maybe I'll always sit on the other side of Merrily so that it won't get bumped, You know, I'm taking control of the environment and the situation to protect it. You know what I mean? So that's going to be another flag to help you identify an area that needs healing and restoration is when you feel compelled to take control to, you know.
1: Protect yourself from being bummed.
2: And we'll get into that in much more detail as we go on. But um, just one thing to think about.
1: No, what question do you want to do? Well,
2: well, I had number two over here, but what was your number two, honey? Was it this one? Um, it's all going to get covered. We can do it whatever order. I know, but I just wanted to do your order. Um, we only
1: have,
2: um, we've been saying this stuff. Let's do this. It is fast. Yes. We've been saying this stuff. Oh, I wrote on the back of a sheet I threw away. Um. So another question coming into healing and restoration. We didn't finish this really, did we? Um, back to the question we were just on. Does God want healing and restoration for me? And that's why I read that verse, to let you know God's heart and what he's like and you know how he views it. And that's why we share the analogy too of the bullet of how he would take care of it. But merely um, listed um, bad fruit in our lives from the wounds. You said these? Merely said it all. We can go on. <laughs> my apologies. <laughs> All right, so next question. <laughs> How do I know what areas of my life need inner healing? And we've been starting to already say some little, this is a red flag, this is a red flag, and I've given you some examples to go on. But look look for, jump in whenever you have one. Otherwise, I'll just talk.
1: Go ahead and talk. Okay.
2: Okay. Okay. Look for sensitivities. Like we said, if you have a wound and it gets bumped just a little bit, you're going to feel it a lot more than you should. So if there's an area in your life where you're realizing you're sensitive, you know what I mean? And you might not like that word, but um, it could mean you get angered in the same kind of situation. You get depressed. You find yourself eating more, you know, or... Um, whatever coping mechanism it is, you know, going to bed, you know, just checking out, I'm done, go to sleep, you know, or, um, you know, playing more video games, whatever it is, you find yourself doing those things in the same kind of situation. That's, you know, find the pattern, find a sensitivity, um, or if you feel blocked from doing certain things, you um, and I was trying to think of good concrete examples because I like that. And I didn't come up with so many good concrete examples. But, you know, say you've had a goal in your life and you've never got it. You know what I mean? It's been something that's been there for years like, I don't know, you know, whatever. It could be I'm going to pay off my mortgage. That's one of my goals, you know. You know, and it seems like it's been hard or you haven't been able to do it and it's been a long time and you feel like you should have been able to do it by now. Look for a root cause. Is there an, is there something going on here? You know what I mean? It seems reasonable that I could have accomplished the goal that I set, and the time that's passed since I set it. Maybe there's something going on here. Um, <clears throat> you could, like I was talking about, kind of blanking out. You could feel like you forget, you lose your train of thought in certain situations around certain people. What is that? What does that person represent? You know, if you've had, uh, if your boss is not good to you. You have an issue with your boss and you had an issue with your last boss and maybe the one before that. You know, it's not the bosses and it's not you. It's an area that needs to be dealt with. You know what I mean? It's not the person, even if it was the boss, it's not the boss. There's a part in your heart that needs to get introduced to Jesus. You know what I mean? That needs his healing to be whole so that the boss doesn't get to you, you know? That was. Thanks. Um, (coughs) I said lose your train of thought. Um, (laughs) That was funny. I didn't even mean it. Yeah. Uh, All right. We're going to move on. What was next? Can you do that? Do that.
1: Okay. Um, So, what I want to encourage you to do is. um, what does what does healing and restoration look like? That's Pardon? our next
2: question. We tried to break it down into questions. He likes like, questions. What if I'm coming to this list? Of, what questions would I have in my head?
1: And so, um, you know, so we've been talking about the. What does the it look
2: like, and what does it require of me?
1: I said, "What does it look like?" But you didn't say, "What does it require of me?" What does it require of me? <laughs> okay, so proceed. <laughs> um so if you have this wound in your arm you know and um and you're used to kind of pretending like it's not there I feel like for me that is a lot of times what I do is something comes up and I don't want to think about that you know and so what I try to do now is like just look at it head on. Yeah, that is ouchy. You know what I mean? Like, just attack it head on. Don't make excuses for it when something comes, you know, don't try to ignore it. Just embrace it, you know, and, um, and just be willing to go there to uncover those wounds. And, um, you know, it takes vulnerability to do that. And it takes, um, trust and I think for me especially in the very beginning of my journey in healing and restoration I had a really hard time with it because one of my main issues has been trust and being able to fully trust God you know I had this I can't really trust I don't I can't really trust him you know I and so but as I've become to you know began to get this healing and hear him speak to me I'm like man he is so nice he's so kind every time he heals something in me He's never been harsh. He's so gentle and just know, and you can trust in that—that is his nature, and that he's safe. And, um, you know. And he's kind, and the Bible talks, I think it's in Romans 3, Romans 2 4. His kindness leads us to repentance. You know, if there's something in us that we do need to repent for, it's not like, you need to repent for this. You know, it's, it's, he's so kind, it's like, we just want, I want to repent. You know, it's just, it draws us because he's so kind. And, um, so that helps me just knowing what he's like. It's like, oh, I can, I, okay, I can. I can go after this. Um, And another thing that people say is it's too painful. Like maybe I need to get healing, but that, what happened to me, you know, say someone was molested when they were little and they just don't want to go there. You know, it's just too painful. I don't know if I can do that. I don't want to think about that again. I don't want to unpack it again. And the truth is... um, you think about it all the time. You've, you know, it, you've built your whole life kind of based on that hurt, in a sense. You know, your um, the things you believe about yourself. You believe all these things because of something bad that happened to you. And so it's like the truth is it. It's you're looking at it, you know, weekly or something. And so. You might as well just let God, you know, look at it with Him and get some healing, and it can only improve. You know, it can only make it better. Um, in the Holy, I'm just going to say quickly, the Holy Spirit, He is the lead, and He's our counselor, and that's what this is all about. You know, we're going to have some ministry time here in a minute, and um, well, not in one minute, but anyway. And He, He's going to lead it. We're going to have some questions, and and He is the counselor. He's going to speak to you. He's going to lead you. And I had several verses to read about examples of him being a counselor comforter. And I'm not going to read them, but um, you know, he's the one who helps us. There's just over and over in the Bible. And so we're going to say, okay, this is who you are. Okay. We'll let you be that. We'll let you do that. And, um, so that's kind of what it looks like a little bit. And the last question is: Do I really need this? Can I get Can I get by without it? Can I just get by without it? The An answer:
2: Yes, and yes, you do really need this, and yes, you can get by without it. <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, you need it to become the person that God made you. you know, He knit us together in our mother's womb. Before you were born, God had an identity picked out for you, just specifically you. This is who I've created that person to be. And to become that, to live it out to its fullest, you need to go through this process. Because we've been battered and broken and fragmented into different pieces, and there may be parts of you, maybe lots of you that are living in that identity but there there's still other parts there's little bits you know what i mean even if even if you're doing awesome and the lord has taken you so far and this much of your heart is like in that identity there there still can be fringes that you can just you know what i mean and not because god is a driving taskmaster who wants, you know what i mean you're like he wants all of you give him all of you you know like it's because those parts they make it hard for you You know what i mean when you still have wounds in your heart it makes life harder (laughs) i get stressed out easy about dumb stuff it makes my life so hard and if i just keep working on this getting healing uh, 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 life's gonna get easier you know what i mean so it's good (laughs) um you also have a destiny an identity and a destiny um and to live out your destiny, you've got to go through this process, you know what I mean? To be able to accomplish the things. We talked about being blocked from what you want to do, and it does happen. And amazing thing about God, we've talked about Him being gentle and loving and caring. And um, He will He will let you agree with Him, or He will let you agree with someone else. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you can't live out your destiny when you have parts of you that are still agreeing with, you know, I'm not worthy or I'm rejected or whatever it is, you know. Um, I think I said it. You can get by without it, but life is just harder. It's just better to do it. It's just better to get the bullet out of your arm, let it heal up, and get it done, you know. Um, Seth is going to, Seth is going to talk about the toolkit. I just wanted to plug one little bit about it because it's what I'm really passionate about. And it's about this piece of God revealing his character. And you've been hearing me say it, but I just want to really underline, highlight, circle, little things that make it look like a light is shining out from it. Um, This has been so cool for me when I've received counseling, when I've been around while other people are getting counseling, praying with people and stuff, is seeing God reveal his character. And it's, I think, is big part of the process. We we talk a lot at our church about hearing the voice of God, and hearing truth is a big part of this. But I think maybe, maybe it was just me, maybe it's not you, but... I always thought of it as like a word, you know, like God is going to tell me the truth. Like, I feel I'm not worthy. He's going to say, you are worthy. And I'm like, well, yeah, you know, intellectually, I'm getting my head around that. But God goes farther. He does give you truth, but it's always laced into who you are, how he feels about you and who he is, his character. So when you go through this process, he's going to say what he's like. And it's going to be the thing that makes you feel like Marilee said when you're drawn to repentance, she was talking about. You want to run toward God when you see him for who he really is. And it's really like he comes to the rescue. He wants to be a hero. When things look the worst, it's not because he's absent. It's because he can come through all the more. You know what I mean? He never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He's always there. He loves you. He accepts you. You Just as you get these things, you can hear me say them, and you can say them to yourself. "He He accepts me. He accepts me. But when you really get into a wounding and let him speak that in that place, then it really happens, you know? So here you go, Seth.
3: Way to go. It's good stuff, man. You guys are preachers. <laughs> so I got the tool belt. Let me put it on. Bob the Builder, YMCA. So, so yeah. So, th- so part of this whole healing restoration thing is going to be we're going to get we're going to have tools that we're going to use to work through some of this stuff. All right. And so I've I've used the tool analogy before because I like it. And actually, I think Bill thought of it though. I don't remember. I think Bill did. Um, okay. So three key tools. If you're taking notes, if not, that's all right. They're pretty easy to remember, and you probably have heard them a lot of times. Forgiveness is the first key. And uh, in Matthew it says, uh, forgive and you'll be forgiven. Don't forgive and you won't be forgiven. I think it's a good idea to forgive. Um, uh, You know, and I've shared this testimony before, the breath of the kingdom. Scott Jones says the breath of the kingdom is forgiveness. And I was thinking a little bit more about that, and... It's un- our our breathing is is unconscious. you don't think about breathing. you don't think, okay, I gotta breathe in, okay, I gotta breathe out okay, i gotta thank goodness, you don't have to think that. jeez, my mind's full enough with stupid stuff um but it's subconscious, and I think like that's where that's where God wants to get us to the point where we get wounded, we get affected, something happens to us, and we're automatically forgiving automatically releasing, almost like we're not even thinking about it. It's like this subconscious thing that we just extend forgiveness and just let it go. So, which tool do you want it to be? Vice grips. Ooh, they're even dirty. Awesome! All right. So, forgiveness is the vice grips. Who wants to hold on to these? There we go. All right. Um, then, So a couple more things about forgiveness, just quickly. Forgiveness isn't saying that what the person did to you is okay. It's not saying that what they did is okay. I think a lot of people have this philosophy that if I extend forgiveness, that means that I'm looking at that situation and saying, oh, it's all right. It's okay. And that's not what forgiveness is. Forgiveness is saying, you don't owe me anything as a result of that situation. I'm not demanding justice for what you've done. Justice versus mercy, right? We can only have one. We can't have both. If we demand justice of others, it comes back to us. And so it's mercy that we need to extend, and mercy is extended to us. And so um, realize that when you take steps of forgiveness, it's not justifying that what they did is okay. But it is saying, God, I'm not the judge of what they did, and I'm not holding them accountable that they owe me anything. I'm releasing them from the debt that I have been holding on to them, because you feel like they owe you something because they hurt you. It's like they owe you something. So you're releasing them from what they owe you. All right, does that make sense? So the problem with unforgiveness is that it it creeps into uh, bitterness and it just festers and festers inside of us. Yeah, exactly, good. It's the bullet. When that bullet's in there and we don't forgive and we don't release and we don't allow God to pull that out and we don't show it to him, then it gets infected, the wound gets infected. And that's why it's more sore, right? Because it's infected, and so then somebody just brushes up against it. I've had that. I'm trying to think of an example when just... I was just really react I was just really reacting to something I mean, we've all had it, right? You just get hurt at some point, and like the physical you just get barely touched. I've got a good example, but I'm not going to share it. <laughs> never mind. um you just barely get grazed, and it's like <laughs> and it's like that hurts a lot. <laughs> all the guys are going, I know what you're talking about <laughs> I'm sorry, okay, so so it's ba- it is it. Can, you know you as things get infected and as you don't take care of them they they um can hurt, they can just touched a little bit and they're aff- affected and it can really affect you um you know unforgiveness gives ground it gives a place to the enemy it gives permission to the enemy to be there it gives permission for the enemy to have a foothold there and so we want to remove all those footholds, you know. And one uh, of we'll unpack. You know, we'll talk a little bit about kind of the, how the demonic can affect it, and we'll talk about that in a f- future week. But um, it, unforgiveness gives a place to the enemy. Um, for forgiveness though is the key to blessing. It sets us up for blessing. Okay, so that's forgiveness. Al's got forgiveness. Um, the next thing is repentance, and the kindness of the Lord leads us to repentance and I think it's easy to it 's easy to say oh man there 's all these well, maybe it doesn't a lot of times it's easy to point out if we 're really introspective and we 're really good at being down on ourselves we 're really good at figuring out all the all the places that we 're really bad and we need a lot of help right and 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 that 's good, and we we address those things. But we're not going to get caught up and focused on all the places that we feel that we're absolutely terrible, right? We're going to deal with that. We're going to say, God, forgive me for my part in this. I'm going to walk away from it. And then what does God do? It's as far as the east is from the west. At that point, it's done and it's gone. And I think we tend to look introspectively, get down on ourselves and keep repeating that thing that we've done over and over and over and over and over. Repentance. There we go. Ellie. <laughs> Have some repentance. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the last one is what Bill talked about. And it, it's, it's got, receiving the truth. It's receiving God's character. Asking Jesus big summary ask Jesus okay ask Jesus what his perspective is ask Jesus for the truth ask Jesus for how he sees you ask Jesus um, what God's what ask him to reveal his character you know he is truth he came to bring truth and who he is is truth And love. And so as we ask Jesus, we ask him to reveal any of those things his character who he is to us then that's going to kind of like after you've taken the bullet out you you apply some gauze, and there's there's healing that happens there and medication that happens with your arm and so it's like there's it's kind of like um there's a verse in the bible that talks about you can cast out all the demons but if you don't fill it with anything they're coming back and so we want to fill that the void of the maybe lies that we've believed or judgments that we've had or unforgiveness. We want to fill that with the truth and God's character and what He thinks. Make sense? Yeah. All right. Right. That, these were going to be seeing from God's perspective. Ask Jesus. See what God has to say. Yeah? Thank you. They're a little scratched up, but... So I think that's good. Um, So we're going to try to shoot to get done around 8 o'clock with the kind of the regular teaching time, and then we're going to want to spend maybe like we want to give enough time for kind of just um, working through different things. And so um, Sarah's going to kind of lead us through that.
0: I'm going to pass out the sheets. Um, uh, During ministry time, Um, I think what Bill said was really a a, a good point to think about. If you're trying to hear something from God and you're getting blank or you're getting nothing, you know, you could even just ask him, God, why am I hearing nothing? Is there a lie in believing that's keeping me from hearing right now? You know, and maybe something comes to mind. Oh, I don't believe you actually speak to me. You know, that could be a lie, and you could break that. And and so any difficulty you're having and receiving from the Holy Spirit, Jesus always makes a way. And just remember that. Jesus always makes a way. So as you're just spending time letting the Holy Spirit guide and lead you, and if you, you don't feel him guiding and leading you, that could be a signal that there's something there getting in the way. And so that's a, an opportunity for you to, like, let the Holy Spirit help you dig, you know, into what it could be. <clears throat> um but um here's your your sheet you have and um we just want to give you time to make a list of the people that are you know right now um uh, it's time for you to forgive them for for different things and it might be different levels maybe you've forgiven someone for something and maybe it's another layer that's coming um and then you know asking god for the um, the truth along with repenting for anything that you've done in that relationship as well, any responses that you've had in the relationship and then asking Jesus for his truth or perspective on that relationship and other relationships. And then honestly, you know, we're going to, we'd like to have this time go for a while because if you feel done with this, you can still spend time soaking in the presence of God and just enjoying his presence and getting, you know, time. Cause you know, right now, you have the time. This is a scheduled time. There's no, you know, little children here. You know, you might have them at home. It might be hard to spend time with God, but this is an opportunity for you to just really enjoy His presence and rest in it. And um, I just want to encourage you to take every moment and every opportunity to not only get healing but also just spend time with Him, you know, and sometimes it feels hard to.
3: So just in general, um, when we kind of do the ministry time we will turn on some soaking music and people can you can move in different parts of the room if you want to find space to be by yourself if you want to you can stay in your seat that's totally fine it's totally up to you Mm -hmm. Um, and um, uh, one thing that I forgot to mention that I think is important is just um, speaking out loud Mm -hmm. forgiveness Um, there's something with agreeing with what God's doing and s- declaring it out loud and speaking it. And so um, that's kind of why maybe it feels more comfortable to get by yourself. You know, you can under your breath, you know, say, I forgive this person for this, doing this for me. And, but I really want to encourage you to activate that. And there's something with declaration. I don't know. I was just thinking about, you know, people say you write things down. And it helps you to remember and pe- People also, you find that people talk to themselves, right? I do it sometimes. You talk to yourself, and it it's because you, it helps you to process it, and it brings it out in the open, and you can you can um, express it and deal with it, and you you connect with it more when it's spoken out. And so, I just want to encourage you to speak it out. So we'll we'll just like kind of go sort of anywhere. The family room back behind the there is available too, um, and so each. Each time we do this, that'll be kind of the routine. We'll turn on some music. We'll say, all right, you can go find your place. And we'll have, we'll have some sort of a handout that you can um, take with you. And it should, should pretty well guide you through kind of what you can do. And so tonight's specific exercise is let's ask God, you know, if there's people in our lives that we just need to forgive and if there's an area of our life we need to repent of and then ask God for his perspective. What's his character? What's the truth? And then at the end, generally, what we'll do is we'll kind of all one of us will say over the microphone. we will give you about two or three more minutes. And then so kind of at that point, maybe close down a little bit and then we'll gather back together and we'll close in about a couple minutes. And we'll give you an opportunity if God spoke something to you that you want to share with the rest of the group. Um, because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word, so we hear how God's touched other people that encourages us, it builds faith in us, and so we'll give you an opportunity to come up and share and and um, yeah, kind of engage and yeah yeah, and also um Sarah and I and Bill and Mary Lee um will probably go around potentially and pray for some of you guys and um We'll just see how that flows, but we just want to pray that God, you know, opens your hearts up and opens your minds up and that he speaks to you clearly. And um, if you have questions, if you've kind of like, I'm really stuck here or I'm really struggling with this or I'm not understanding what I don't understand what the sheet, what's written on here means. Just raise your hand and one of us will come to you and, and help you out with that, too. All right. Okay. so I'm going to go turn on some music. Any questions right now? You looked confused. All right. Do you want to share it? I'd love you to.
1: I had this picture a couple uh, Sundays ago and I shared it at um, church. But I just, as um, Bill was sharing about being in the closet, you know, and stuck in that dark, dark place, I was thinking again about that. uh, We, when we went to Tennessee, we were in this cavern. And if you're in a cavern, it's completely dark and you can't even see your hand in front of your face, and when we were in there, she um, kind of turned on some lights in some different areas, and I really just sense that if you're having a hard time with this, you close your eyes, put yourself in this cavern, and then just allow God to like light up the different areas. I don't know if if this, but anyway, you, you would light up different areas, and those people that you see, maybe the people that you need to spend a little time kind of researching or, you know, asking God about how is this person hurt me or, or that kind of thing. So,
0: yeah, using pictures really helps a lot for me anyway. Some people are more visual. Some people hear more. Some people just get senses of things, you know, so just be led by what, you know, is kind of your style. Um, But let's just pray. (laughs) That piano's kicking. All right, so, um, Holy Spirit, we just welcome you to come. We just open up our hearts to you. And um, I just thank you for the healing that you're pouring out. And um, I pray, Father, for open eyes to see and ears to hear what your spirit is saying. And, Lord, I just pray for freedom, 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 in Jesus' name, that you'd lead us into freedom. And um, we just ask, uh, Holy Spirit, that you'd come and lead. I thank you that you're the great counselor. And... um, I just pray that you would just wash over us, just wash over us and and fill us up as we dedicate this next time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, why don't you go ahead and find space in the room. Make yourselves comfortable and let us know if you have any questions.
3: So we're going to get back together in about three minutes. So as you just finish up, if there's other people that you need to forgive or other things you need to just kind of walk through repentance, just write them down on your sheet, and you can um, you can do this later on too.
0: Hey, boy, I was really sensing the presence of God during that time. It was really intense and really good. I just feel a lot of peace right now. Um, does anyone Does anyone like, would anyone like to share a little bit about what God did or said or anything? Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could just feel and sense um, God really, and I just kept praying this over people that God was bringing like a cleansing rain and just cleansing over and washing over people, and um, that's really what it felt like was happening. And this is just the beginning, you know. There's a lot more God's gonna do in the next weeks, and I'm really excited. It's every week, so we can keep the ball rolling. So just want to encourage you guys to come to like. All of them, or as many as you can, even missing one, kind of, because all the topics are so packed full of good things. And I just want to encourage you guys to really try to go for this with all you got, you know. Even when the weather's nice outside, even when, you know, you had a tough day, you know, it's, it's worth it to come because God always does something amazing. And so, anyway, I'll just... um. Hmm? Oh, he was like trying to spell letters. (laughs) I was confused. (laughs) Yeah, we've got the sign language letters. Ungodly beliefs is next week, so you can look forward to that. It's going to be really good. And let's just pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you for what you did and just how you poured out. And um, we just receive and thank you for all the things that you're pouring out. And I just pray that you'd make us containers for your spirit. And, Lord, that you'd pull out the things that get in the way of that. And um, I just thank you, Father, for all the things you've done in our hearts today. And I just pray a seal and a protection over each one, over their heart. Lord, I just pray for where people feel vulnerable, Lord, that you would just put a strengthening in them, Lord. And uh, just that you would... um, just protect each person as they go and uh, i just um, pray that the joy of the lord would be our strength and that we'd walk in strength this week in jesus name amen all right you can be dismissed